Tonight, I want to talk on a very, very radical subject. I think it's a very, very inspirational, very radical subject. The subject is this, the fact that we can do the works of Jesus. That is very, very radical, but it is something that the Bible clearly shows. So not only can we be effective witnesses for Christ, but the Bible says we can do the works of Jesus. And I'm going to touch on this subject. So if you've got your Bibles, actually, I've got all the PowerPoints up here. Uh, John chapter 14 and verse 12. This is the words of Jesus in his farewell address to his disciples before he um, was crucified and went into heaven. And Jesus says this, I tell you the truth. Yeah, he's telling the truth. Jesus tells the truth. I tell you the truth. Anyone who believes in me will do the same works I have done and even greater works because I am going to be with the Father. I personally think this is one of the most challenging verses in the entire Bible because it tells us that if we believe in Christ and I believe in him, it tells me that I will do the same works that Jesus has done and I know what Jesus did. He moved in a totally miraculous realm and the Bible tells us that we can also live and minister in a miraculous way. That is what the Word of God teaches and I personally believe that the Word of God is truth. And the fact is we can... We can live in a miraculous realm because when we received Christ as our Lord and Savior, we became a miraculous people. That is what happened to us. And I want to just share with you one of my very, very, very favorite scriptures in the Bible. I shared one of them this morning, John 10.10. 10. This is a second one, which is one of my total favorite scriptures. It's 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17, and it carries such power. It goes like this. Paul says, Therefore... If anyone is in Christ, that is, if anyone is a Christian, a born-again believer, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away, and behold, all things have become new. If you are a Christian tonight, the Bible says that a miracle has happened to you. A miracle has happened. You are now a new creation. It doesn't even say a new person. You, you have become a new creation. You are a miracle. You are a walking miracle. This is what people don't understand. People think that Christianity is just, you know, people going around being good and going to church and reading the Bible and praying and not doing anything naughty and, you know, hoping they go to heaven. The Bible tells us Christianity is about becoming, a, it's about a miracle taking place in our lives where we become a new creation in Christ. And I just want to share with you my story just to sort of demonstrate this, as I said this morning, I avoided becoming a Christian because I thought Christianity was a boring lifestyle. You know, as a teenager, as a young man in my early 20s, I thought, who'd want, who'd want to become a boring Christian? I have too much fun. You know, I, you know, who just wants to become conservative and go to church and follow rules and regulations? That was the wrong perception that I had. I thought Christianity was boring. Anyway, I said this morning how a friend of mine, my very best friend, became a born-again believer and he started to witness to me. He started to talk to me about Christianity. Now, the thing was, I believed everything he said. I believed in Jesus. I believed in God. I believed Jesus was the Son of God, but I didn't want to become a Christian because I didn't want to be boring. 
that was how that was the wrong perceptions that I was dealing with. And so he would witness to me, and he'd only just become a Christian, so a lot of what he said probably wasn't even right, you know, like he was just sort of talking, but he was talking about the wild stuff, the supernatural stuff, which got me interested. Anyway, it would have been a couple of months after him witnessing to me that I was sitting in his kitchen in Sydney, in the suburb of Lindfield in Sydney. I was sitting in his kitchen, and he started preaching to me again. I heard what he was saying, and in my heart, I thought, this is real, this is real, this is real. But in my mind were these voices that said, you'll lose all of your friends, you won't have any fun, you know, you're a real party person, Mike, you're going to have to completely change, all of these voices, but my heart was saying, this is real. I got so condemned or convicted or whatever it was that I, I just said to him, I said, that's it, just don't talk to me anymore, I just don't want, I don't want you to talk to me about this anymore, that's it. He walked out of the room, and I sat there thinking, well, I've offended my friend now, you know, because I said, don't, please don't talk to me. Anyway, about a minute later, 30 seconds later, he walked back into the room. And when he came back in, God came in with him. I was sitting here thinking, I don't want to become a Christian. I don't want to become a boring Christian. And this force, this power, God, at the time I didn't know what it was, came upon me and I started to shake and my whole body started to vibrate and flow with this love and this power and this this euphoric feeling that no drug could even remotely produce it was just flowing through me and i said what's happening to me but it was it was like i was in heaven it was joy unspeakable it was just love it was just flowing through me i said what's happening to me and my friend said he said well when you told me to stop preaching to you i went out and i said god Michael thinks you're boring. Please touch him with your power. <laughs> and God, God answered that prayer. And so I meet, um, instantly, okay, what do I do? I knelt down, I asked Jesus into my life, you know, it was just, and I got born again. I got born again. I don't know why I had such a miraculous touch like that. Because for some people, it's very, very gentle. Whether it's radical or whether it's gentle, it's real. The fact is, it got me to the point where I said, Jesus, I believe in you, and I want you in my life. I want to live for you. And you know what? At that moment, I realized that I'd been thinking all those years that Christianity, that, that I'd, I'd be boring, it would be boring to be a Christian. And I looked back and I thought, after a touch like that, my life has been boring, and I can't wait for the future, you know? And I have not, okay, there has not been a second of one day since that time in 1978, where I have ever wanted not to be a believer in Christ. Has it all been easy? No, I've gone through some very, very difficult times, but I have never, ever wanted to not be a Christian. You know, there's, there's something amazing. But you know what? The day that I received Christ, on that day, I said, Jesus, come to my life. I knew that something had happened. I knew that I was different. I just knew that I was different. It was just, I'm different. I feel different. It's sort of like, I know it sounds corny, but... <laughs> the grass was greener, the sky was bluer, you know, the stars sparkled more. You know, it was, I was different. Something had happened to me. Um, I can remember the very next day I, I, went, I went into a place where I would never in my life go to, ever. It was a Christian bookshop. Like, I would never in my life go into a Christian bookshop before then, like, you know, pubs or whatever, sure, but a Christian bookshop. Anyway, I went in there and I got this great big bumper sticker which said, um, born of the Spirit. It was iridescent. It glowed. 
and it, it was stuck on the back of my, um, my Holden Belmont station wagon. My Holden Belmont station wagon. That shows you how, how long ago it was with this born in the spirit. Because I just knew that, I, that something had happened that I was totally different. Um, within, within a couple of weeks at church, my pastor said, will you come up and share, uh, share your salvation testimony? I was so shy. I had a massive fear of public speaking, terrible fear of public speaking. And so I didn't even prepare anything. I didn't know how to prepare. I didn't know what to do. You know, they said, oh, Mike's just a young Christian, Christian for you. He's going to come up and share his testimony. Mike gets up there, and I don't know what I said. You know, like, the only thing I can remember was saying, if anyone is in Christ, they are a new creation. I said, I'm a new creation. And I walked off the stage thinking that was about the worst talk anyone has ever given. But my minister came up and he said, oh, that was amazing. We're having a Bondi Beach outreach. You know Bondi Beach? Huge beach. Bondi Beach outreach next week, and we want you to speak at that. Um, I wanted to say no, but my pastor asked me. And back then it was kind of like if the pastor says it, do it. In fact, that's probably what should happen now, isn't it? <laughs> anyway, so... So I sort of thought, well, I'll just pray for a wet day and, you know, beautifully sunny. Um, I'll pray that there's no one, you know, this would be just a little thing and no one will turn up. Well, there's a huge stage band up there and I'm thinking, and I thought, may no one turn up, just hundreds of people there. And I got up to speak and I've got terrible, a terrible fear of public speaking. It was a real fear. And I got up shaking and they had the mic on the mic sort of, and the mic was down really low. And I didn't even think to pick it up, and no one thought to pick it up. So I'm sort of bending down like this, you know. <laughs> Hi, I'm Mike Smith, and I have the most incredible fear of public speaking, and hundreds of people laughing at me, you know. And I'm a young guy, a young single guy, wanting to be cool <laughs> with all the girls out there. And, you know, like, Hi, I'm Mike Smith, down like this. I walked off the stage, and I think, oh, that was the biggest, you know, that was terrible. And um, finished... You know, and then my then the, the preacher, my, my pastor came up and said, "Well, tonight you're speaking again." And I thought, "What is with this guy? Doesn't doesn't he know how bad it is?" Anyway, I remember that night clearly. Um, I got up, I walked on the stage, and I just literally felt, I just felt supernatural. I just felt so, I just felt the anointing of God. I just felt the power of God. I. It was for me. It was heady days. The first few months of my salvation, I knew I was different. The thing is, I had no idea how different I actually was. I was different, but I, you know, the Apostle Paul prays that we will understand the hope of our calling. Paul, Paul prays that our eyes will be open so we'll understand just what has happened to us. You know, I thought, you know, awesome, I'm a born-again believer. I had no idea how awesome it actually was. Now I know. I now know how, how amazing it is. Because the moment that I receive Christ, the moment that I receive Christ, the moment that you receive Christ as your Lord and Savior, get this, five miracles happened instantaneously in a split second of time. The instant that you receive Christ, five miracles happened in your life that made you a new creation in Christ. Um, you may be here tonight in this meeting and you aren't a Christian or maybe you're like me, think it's boring and you just couldn't be, or you couldn't be bothered becoming one. Please listen for the next few minutes because, and Christian, please listen. I want to tell you about the five miracles that happened to you instantaneously. You receive Christ, bang, 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 bang. Instantaneously, they happened to you. I'll tell you what these miracles did. 
Radical thought, but very, very true. These miracles made you just like Jesus. Okay, some of you are thinking, oh, I don't know about this. Well, I'm, I'm about to prove it. <laughs> that, that these miracles made us like Jesus and gave us the ability, as Jesus said would happen, to do the things that Jesus did. So in the remaining time that I have got, I'm going to present to you the five miracles of Christianity that happen the moment that you receive Christ, that made you just like Jesus. And miracle number one is, miracle number one is, we have become righteous, righteous just like Jesus. We now have the righteousness that Jesus has. You know what? You know Jesus. He did nothing wrong. He was totally righteous. The moment you received Christ, something happened to you, and you also became righteous. I'll tell you what happened. In Isaiah chapter 53 and verse 6, we have this incredible scripture. It's, it's a prophecy about Jesus. Yet the Lord, that is God, laid on Jesus the sins of us all. That is what when Christ was crucified, everything that you ever did and ever will do wrong was laid upon Jesus. When you... When Jesus was crucified, it was taken from you. And because it was taken from you, we now have this situation, and we see this in 2 Corinthians chapter 5.21. I'm giving you a lot of scriptures here because I'm proving points. 2 Corinthians chapter 5 verse 21, it says here, that God made him, that is Jesus, who had no sin, Jesus never sinned, to be sin for us. Just look at the power of these words. So that in him we might become the righteousness of God. If you are in Christ, you have become the righteousness of God. That is a, that is a full-on thing. And you, you're going to be here tonight thinking, righteousness of God, but I'm sinning all the time. And yet you're saying that I'm the righteousness of God. I'm saying absolutely. The Bible says that you are the righteousness of God. And if you are sinning all the time, I'll tell you what you are. You are a righteous person acting out of character. This is not who you are. And as people in Christ, we just want to, oh God, I just love you so much, I want to live for you. But if you're doing that, it's not as though you've become unrighteous, you're righteous, you're acting out of character, or <laughs> you're behaving badly. <laughs> you know, you're, that, that, is, that is what it, and that, that is why we have this incredible scripture, Ephesians chapter 1 verse 4, just get the power of this scripture. Even before he made the world, God loved us and chose us in Christ for what? To be holy and without fault in his eyes. God has called you. God loves you. And you are now holy and without fault in his eyes. Yes, you are doing things wrong. I've got four grandchildren. And they can be naughty. But I don't not love them. You know, and... They get better as they go. So do we, as our minds are renewed. So we need to be aware now that because, because we now have the righteousness of Jesus. That is what, what, what the Bible says. That is a total miracle. It's a miracle called justification. Justification. When you receive Christ, every sin you've ever committed, past, present, and future, was taken, was taken away. When you receive Christ, it was appropriated to you. All of your sins have been gone. Okay. Miracle number two, it happened at the exact same moment as this first one. Not only that, but we now have, get this, this is full on, we now have a nature just like Jesus. 
Now, I can tell you, when I received Christ, one thing I knew within day one, I thought, hmm, this is weird. I'm thinking differently. Some of the things that I wanted to do, I don't want to do anymore. Something has happened. My thinking has changed. It's as though my nature has changed. It's like something's happened inside. Um, totally. It has happened inside. Ezekiel chapter 36 and verse 26 makes it very, very clear. I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit in you. I will, I will remove from you your heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. The instant that I receive Christ, the instant you receive Christ, not only were your sins taken away, but you got a new nature. It was as though that God supernaturally, this is what I'm saying, miracles. You supernaturally got a new heart and you got a new spirit. That is intense. That's why Peter tells us in 2 Peter 1.4, you've become, get this, a, you've become the partaker of the divine nature. You've, you've become the partaker of a divine nature. We have become like, like Jesus. What does Jesus' nature look like? Think about it. I think if we, if we were to say, what does Jesus' nature look like, we'd probably say, it's probably a nature filled with love and joy and peace and you know, goodness and kindness and faithfulness and patience and self-control, all of those things. That those things are called the fruit of the Spirit, and we now have that. This is the nature that we have. This can be unveiled, unleashed in our lives. We become a new person, which is why when people come to Christ, you've got people who have been stealing nonstop, and they become Christians, and immediately they think, I just feel like returning everything. Or you've got people who just, every second word that comes out of their mouth is a swear word or a blasphemous word, and then they start doing it and think, oh, that doesn't seem right. Because something supernatural has happened. You know, we're new, we're new creations. It's called regeneration. We've, been, we've been, been regenerated. Look, here's a radical scripture, Romans 8.29. Look at this one. Um, God, for God knew his people, that's you in advance, and he chose them, what? To become like his son. This is what the Bible tells us. We've become like his son. So, um, so that his son will be the firstborn among, among many brothers and sisters. That's miracle number two. Miracle number three. Miracle number three. This happened instantaneously. The moment you receive Christ, you now live in the same kingdom as Jesus does. The moment you receive Christ, supernaturally, invisibly, you were transported from one kingdom into another one, Instantly, the moment you receive Christ, Colossians chapter 1, verse 13, it says here, For he has rescued us from the kingdom of darkness and transferred us into the kingdom of his dear son. When you receive Christ and you got born again, you went from one kingdom to another. From what the Bible says, the kingdom of darkness. And I don't want to rant and rave here, but a lot of what we see happening in the world at that moment, you would have to say, even a non-Christian would say, oh my goodness, this world is pretty dark. Well, you've been taken from that, and you're now in God's kingdom. It's a kingdom of miracles. At the moment, it's invisible. We, we, we are still, we're like in two kingdoms at the moment, but when we come to be with the Lord, we will then forever and ever and ever be living in God's kingdom, a place of joy unspeakable. Um, Praise God. We are now in a different kingdom, the kingdom of Jesus, where miracles is a common thing. Number four. Miracle number four. 
is that we are now in the exact same family that Jesus is in. We're in Jesus' family. Uh, we, we just looked earlier at Romans uh, 8 where it talks about he's the firstborn of many brothers and sisters. That is radical. Jesus was the firstborn person of a new race of people. The firstborn of, a, of, a, of the new creation family. Jesus was the firstborn, and then there are others, you know, Peter and Paul and those guys. But the family is, grow, is still growing. You are members of this, of this new creation family. Jesus was the firstborn of many brothers and sisters, and I'm looking at brothers and sisters who are in Jesus' family. Now, I've been, I have been born twice. You know, I was born to, I'm Mike Smith, I was born to Roy and Wendy Smith. I'm part of the Smith family. It's a great family. But in 1978, I got born again into God's family when I received Christ. That's where we get the expression, born again Christian. I've been born twice. I'm a Smith, and I'm part of God's family. Praise God. And this is the family with Jesus. Jesus is the, is the, older, is the, is the older brother, and um, these are instantaneous miracles. This happened to you the moment you received Christ, instantaneously. And, um, and, and, and miracle, miracle number five, and this is probably, probably pulls them all in together, and it's probably the most mysterious. This is a, the Bible calls this a mystery. It is so mysterious. You are now one with Jesus. Um, he is in us, and we are in him. It's the mystical union. We are so close, we are joined, we are connected. It's, it's, it's radical. John chapter 15, verse 5. Uh, John 15, verse 5, that well-known, one of the great I am's of Jesus. I am the vine, and you are the branches. If you remain in me... And I in you, in me, and I'm in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. Jesus himself is talking about us being in him and him being in us. It's called the mystical union. In fact, if you read the book of Ephesians, in about the first three chapters of Ephesians, you'll see time and time again the blessings that we have in Christ. It's in Christ, in Christ, in Christ, in Christ, in Christ. We are in Christ. But then we have a scripture like um, Colossians 1.27, where it talks about Christ in us. And this is uh, Colossians 1.27. It says this, and this is the secret. Other versions say the mystery. This is the mystery. Christ lives in you. He lives in us. You know, when I received Christ, I felt different. I thought, wow, wow, just different. And I got this concept really, really early. I thought, yeah, Jesus is in me. I've, I've asked Jesus into my heart, and I can feel him. He's there. He's in my heart. Sometimes you can feel him. Christian, you can't just go on feelings. It's much better to know that by faith. Faith supersedes feelings. And so, you know, I had a radical conversion. None of my children had radical conversions. They, in fact, my youngest son can't even remember when he became a Christian. He thought he's always been one, and he has been. You know, it's not about radical, it's, uh, it's, it's about faith. But the fact is, um, oh my goodness, this is the secret. Christ lives in you. This g gives you the assurance of sharing his glory. Wow. Five miracles that make us like Jesus. We have the same righteousness. It's called justification. We have the same nature. It's called regeneration. We have the same kingdom. It's called redemption. 
He's brought us out of slavery, redeemed us from slavery and put us into his kingdom. We have the same family. It's called adoption. And now we have the mystical union. We can do the works of Jesus because we've become supernaturally like him. But it actually doesn't quite stop there because as well as us becoming like Jesus, he also, we also have the same power and authority that Jesus has. The same power and authority. We have been, we've become like his son, as it says in Romans chapter 8, but we have the same power and the same authority. Okay, have a look at power. You know, this is about doing signs, wonders, and miracles. Acts chapter 10 verse 38 is the classic scripture of showing how Jesus did miracles. God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and power and how he went around doing good and healing all who were under the power of the devil because God was with him. Jesus came to destroy the devil's works. When he saw people afflicted by the devil, he came and with the power of the Holy Spirit, he set people free. That is what he did. People say, well, is that God's will? Jesus said, I only do the will of my Father. And so he, he went around with the Holy Spirit, healing all, and all who were oppressed by the devil. But it, was, but it was because he was anointed with the Holy Spirit. Jesus did, Jesus did signs, wonders, and miracles through the power of the Holy Spirit. Now have a look at Acts chapter 1, verse 8. But you will receive power. You will. When the Holy Spirit comes on you, you have the same Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit came upon Jesus, and the Holy Spirit comes upon you. It's the same Holy Spirit. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. You will receive power, dynamic, dunamis power, when the Holy Spirit comes on you. It's the same power. The signs, wonders, and miracles that Jesus did, he did through the power of the Holy Spirit. Jesus says, you will do the same works. And now he says, and you will have the same Holy Spirit. It makes sense. The same power. And we have the same authority. Power and authority. The Bible says that Jesus, the name of Jesus is higher. Everything bows to the name of Jesus. It is the ultimate universal authority. The name of Jesus, the name above all names. It is the absolute authority, the name of Jesus. John 14, 12 to 14. Last scripture. Truly, truly, I say to you, we've seen this already, he who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also. Praise God. And greater works than these he will do because I go to the Father. Okay, now this bit here. Whatever you ask in my name, that will I do, so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask me anything in my name, I will do it. He has given us, he has given us the right and the privilege to use his name. He is saying to us, he said, just as everything bowed to me, just as demonic forces had to flee, just as sicknesses had to drop off because of who I am, I'm now saying to you, you can use my name. And when you use my name, it's like I'm standing there next to you doing the same thing. This is what has been given to us, the power and the authority. And the Apostle Paul says to us, I pray that you will grasp the hope of your calling. In fact, uh, final scripture actually, which I've got here, is... Um, what is the final one? Final one? I haven't said a term. Pages up. 
Yeah. No. Can you put it up? The part is the scripture after. Yeah, there we go. Now, this is Paul. Now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we can ask or think. Paul is basically saying there is so much more than you have understood. There is so much more. You've, you've just got to recognize there is more. But wait, there's more. You know, there's just, there's more, there's more, there's more. According to the power that works in us, this is who we are in Christ. This is the miracle of new creation man. The miracle of new, the miracle of new, new creation man is that it's been miracle after miracle after miracle after miracle has happened. But the danger is we don't even, we're not even aware of it. Why Paul takes so much time saying, I just pray that you will get this revelation. I tell you, when the body of Christ around the world gets, this, gets the revelation, oh my goodness. <laughs> well, who knows? We, we can't even imagine what God is able to do. And so, tonight, if you are a Christian, just be encouraged by the possibilities of what's out there. This is your identity. This is your identity in Christ. But tonight, you mightn't yet be a Christian. You may be here, and maybe you're like me thinking, oh, Christians, people that just go to church and just, you know, goody-goody people. <laughs> well, no, no. Well, we'd like to be goody-goodies. We'd like to do good things, of course. But we are miraculous people. Miraculous people. And the Bible sort of describes Christianity. Listen to this. The Bible talks about Christianity as being the pearl of great price. That when the man found that pearl, he sold everything he had just to get it. I can honestly, I will tell you this just total on it with total honesty. If somebody came to me and said, Mike, I'll give you a billion dollars if you were to throw your Christianity away, if you were to renounce Christianity, I'd say, are you serious? Are you, a, mil, a billion dollars doesn't, you've got to be kidding. This is the most valuable thing that anybody could ever have, to become part of God's eternal family, you know, and, you know, walking a miraculous life. Yes, difficult times come, but we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. Praise God. And so... I just would like to, if there is anybody here tonight and you're a seeker of truth and you're thinking, oh, I've been thinking about this or you've been coming to church and you just haven't, you're not sure. I just want to say to you, this is the greatest opportunity ever. When I did this when I was 23 years old and there's never been one second of a day where I thought it was a bad move. So I just want to show a little picture that I showed this morning. Um, if we have got that one, Amy, that, that just this, this, this picture here. I showed this this morning, and I think there's a lot of power there because that's God. He's all light. He's all light. He's God. He's our Father who art in heaven. He's our heavenly Father. The Father so much wants you to become part of his family. He really wants you to be part of his family. And that was, that was me at the age of 23. I wasn't part of God's family. There was a distance, and I knew why there was a distance because I had done a million things wrong. But when I received Christ, every bit of darkness was absolutely taken away from me. And I walked across the bridge, which is Jesus. And I became part of God's family. I was a smith, but I'm now born again into God's family. And tonight, I just would like to say to you, is, it, is tonight the night that you need to walk across? Is, the night, is tonight the night where you need to say, Jesus, I believe in you. 
I have never committed my life to you. But tonight is my night. Where are you tonight? Most people would be on this side, but you might be on this side here. Do you want to walk across? Where are you? Could I just have, please have every head bowed. I just want to, let's just do some soul searching. Tonight, you may be in this meeting and you've thought about Christianity a lot. You might have even have gone to church, but you've never absolutely been serious and said, this is it, Lord. I'm just, I'm absolutely surrendering to you. I want to walk across. Maybe you are here tonight and you, you're, 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 you're just hoping that you're a Christian. I don't really know. There's so many people. I don't really know. I, I go to church. I, I don't really know. You need to walk across. You need to know for sure because this is the greatest walk and the greatest miracle. Or also, I have to say this as well, maybe you have walked across, but you've been absolutely ripped off and your life's fallen apart and you've walked away from God and you're just, you're thinking, oh, I'll never get back with God. Well, that's just a lie of the devil. You can get back with God. You can get back tonight. And so while every head is bowed and every eye is closed, where do you stand? Do you want to become part of God's family? Do you want the free gift of forgiveness? Do you want to walk across? And if you do, if you do, we want to pray for you. So right now, if that is you, if, you're, if tonight this is your night and you're thinking, that's me, I want to walk across, I want to walk across, I want to become a miraculous Christian. If that's you tonight, could you please lift up your hand so I can see it, so we can pray. If that is you, if that is you okay, got a young man in this, in this row here. There's... Another young person, I love it when young people say yes. Do you want to walk across? Seriously, you, you might have been stuck on this side for a heck of a long time. Tonight, do you need to make that stand? If you do, just put up your hand and we can pray for you. Because there's an atmosphere of faith here. Is there anybody else? There's another, young, another young person here. I just love that. That's, that's very cool. What about some older people? Do you need God tonight? Is that you? Your children? Okay, we've got all the children tonight. That's beautiful. Is that you too? Okay. That's, that is so good. A word for the children. At a young age recognize just God is real how much he loves you he loves you so much he will be walking with you all the days of your life he'll always be with you so nice is there anybody else here tonight saying I'm going to make a stand for God this is it maybe you're a long way away tonight I'm coming back maybe you're sitting here thinking I just don't even know <clears throat> you don't want to be in that situation you want to know and you can know anybody else Okay, I'm going to pray. I think it was, we've had a revival amongst young people, the children. Heavenly Father, I just want to thank you tonight that you have touched the hearts of so many children in this room. 
I thank you for that, Lord God. There is just something beautiful about a child's faith. There is something so potent about it. So, Lord, I just lift each one of these children to you in the name of Jesus. And, Lord, I pray that each one of these children will know you and will throughout their entire lives know you and love you and live for you. I pray for your protection upon them. And may each one of them, when they leave here tonight, leave with an excitement with their hearts saying, I'm part of God's family. I'm part of the family with mum and dad, but I'm also part of God's family, and I feel so blessed. I thank you for that, Lord. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, Amen.